What's going on everybody, it's your boy A-Double, aka the Lieutenant of BOMB Global. Just wanted to remind y'all, December 16th, BOMB Global presents The Mission Volume 1 featuring Jordan Barber, Saranda Lee, Strap, Cold Case, and it's produced by my man, The General, Prime the Ruler. You can find that on Google Play, Amazon Music, iTunes, and Spotify. Again, December 16th, BOMB Global, The Mission Volume 1. You can find it on Google Play, Amazon Music, iTunes, and Spotify. Stop playing with yourself and support some quality artists and quality music. Much love. Mic check, mic check. Where the f*** is my check? You're now tuned in to Do-Rags and Boat Shoes. Let me get this turned down What is going on everybody It's your boy A-Double And you're now tuned into another episode of Do-Rags and Boat Shoes uh, Shout out to everybody who's been listening And who's been catching up on episodes I see a lot of the older episodes are uh, gaining a little bit more traction So shout out to the new listeners um, You know, across the board on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes uh, Thank you so much for uh, listening to me rant and rave and uh, I guess we're going to get started with that good old Summer Jam screen, see what happens, see what sticks. Uh, last night was a pretty rough night for me for dinners. It was one of those ones where you eat dinner, but you're still hungry. And so I decided to, uh, you know, pop a couple of uh, White Castles, you know, one of the packs into the microwave. And, you know, inside the box, uh, there was a recipe for White Castle Original Slider Stuffing. Now... I, uh, this is puzzling, right? So basically, it wants you to take some White Castle hamburgers, uh, you know, a little bit of celery, some thyme, some sage, some black pepper, and some chicken broth. Wants you to, you know, ground, grind, ground all that up, and uh, just keep grinding, you know, not mince it, but you know, get it all broken up and pretty. And uh, they want you to bake it for a little bit or stuff it inside a turkey. Now. This is just sound like some high nigga shit. This just sounds like something you would do when you were high. And, you know, with my food, you know, I'm a traditionalist. You know, you can, uh, you can call me a, uh, a, uh, uh, a, uh, food nationalist. I don't want my food, uh, I like my food segregated. You know, I don't want them touching. They can touch on the plate as long as it goes together, but... I'm not stuffing no damn hamburgers inside my turkey. You know, just, you know, call me what you want. Call PETA on me. Call the FDA on me. Uh, I'm not doing this. But uh, if you want the recipe, you can always uh, visit whitecastle.com. They got more recipe ideas. Uh, but I was thankful for me uh, looking at this, uh, this recipe and this uh, monstrosity. I got a save 50 cents coupon off of a pack, off of a six pack. So, you know, thank you. You know, I shouldn't have to be, my eyes shouldn't have to be subject to this. And even thinking about the taste of White Castle with turkeys makes me want to barf. 
But anyway, moving on, uh, let's talk about black feminists on The Breakfast Club. So this happened last week. Uh, you had uh, Jamila uh, Lemieux, I believe that's her name, and Amber, I forgot the sister's last name. Uh, Charlemagne was trying to do some damage control because of his, uh, he threw his cape on and showed all his teeth on his light-skinned cheeks. Uh, you know, for Tommy Lauren the past couple of weeks, you know, he wanted to find out if she liked black dick, you know, took her out to dinner, you know, he was skinning and grinning and, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in her, you know, in her, uh, room, hotel room, you know, uh, playing the banjo butt ass naked, you know what I'm saying? Talking about I was a good one, boss. So he was trying to save face, uh, by inviting these Twitter black feminists on, black Twitter feminists, social just, justice warrior feminists who basically contradict themselves all the time on social media. Um, you know, they claim to fight for, uh, you know, uh, black rights and it usually at the hands of trashing black men and trashing the black women who support black men. And so these uh, black Twitter feminists get on a breakfast club and they basically say that the number two killer of black women is black men and i'm just like wow so uh naturally their mentions was in shambles uh the brother over there at, at advised media network he uh, asked uh, one of the sisters amber about it on twitter and he was using some uh cdc statistics and amber replied to him and i quote cdc isn't the only one who collects data well only isn't the only one who collects and she's speaking about data also we know how much we can't completely completely trust the government so the brother at amn asked what's a more credible source and she went on to cite an huffington post article which cites the american bar association which uh cites the seat which uses statistics from the cdc so we came back full circle and uh the cdc stats actually say that uh you know the number uh the kill the top killer of uh black women is like high blood pressure stroke uh heart disease um and then i think number two is like uh like car accidents or something like that um yeah help me out i mean I, you know, it kind of made its rounds with black folks on social media, uh, more particularly on Twitter. But this shit would have blew up if somebody like uh, Charlemagne's goddess, uh, Tommy Lauren, said this. If Could you imagine her saying that the number two killer of black women is black men? Now, I'm not surprised that uh, some of these uh, some of these uh, storm fronts and bright boards aren't running and running with this uh, this faux statistic. Um, it, this, this was nothing but another way of saying what about black on black crime? That's pretty much all it was. And uh, it was very shocking. Um, I don't know what possessed these sisters to say that. But for them to have this sort of uh, warped ideology, they had to been hurt by a few dusty ass niggas. They really did. And uh, hopefully those sisters find love. Um, maybe there is some massage noir in there with me saying that, but everybody deserves love. And hopefully there's a, a couple of strong brothers that will show these women that uh, black men aren't the demons that they portray them to be on social media and i don't believe that they believe some of this shit i think a lot of the times it's trolling being bored at work uh, let me get some reactions because it is slow at the plantation and that's what i think a lot of folks like to do 
a lot of well-known folks like to do who still work a square jobs still work a nine to five um so you know it is what it is i really don't have anything else to say about that because you can look up the cdc statistics yourself um as far as her saying uh you know other groups uh keep data collection you know help me out and let me know who um but moving on there was a story about a black man who was wrongfully convicted and he was set free with 75 dollars. now he's trying to sue uh, for a million dollars I think this man was in jail for over 30 plus years or something like that 20 to 30 years and he's only seeking an M how many times have we heard this story and how many times have we heard that you know it's still in uh, mitigation or whatever uh, you know still in deliberation whatever the fuck you want to call it is still up in the air and it's not going to happen so we're going to move on from that story I'm not even going to talk about that shit but I will talk about a white nationalist group here in Nebraska. Um, I don't even know the fucking name of it. I do know the name of it. I'm just not going to give it out. But they were on a, there's a story on a Channel 7, KETV 7 on their website uh, about a white supremacist group up in the Benson area that, excuse me, that basically had a flag waving. They had a flag up and they were encouraging people to come take a picture with the flag. They were tricking white folks saying, hey, do you support veterans? And people were like, yeah. And it's like, oh, come get in this uh, shot of the picture. And then they used it on their website. And it's a white nationalist website. And this is the same tactics uh, terrorist group use. And white nationalist groups are terrorist groups, terrorist organizations. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, white folks was crying about that boo-hooing and talking about take my picture down blur out my face and all this other stuff because basically the white nationalist group want to show that they're bigger than they actually are to you know get better funding um you know from uh closet white supremacists and uh you know uh just up the recruitment so that's all i have to say about that i thought that was kind of interesting but not interesting enough for me to go in on it uh, but these groups are popping up all over they're popping all up up all over and that brings me to a and e uh you know they're jumping on the uh normalizing white supremacy shit uh so basically they're starting a uh documentary series about the ku klux klan the kkk triple k and uh they showed a snippet of it and it shows the uh the grand wizard in mississippi uh some nonsense and he uh he got his daughters a couple of hoods and he wants his oldest daughter to be the first woman grand imperial wizard of the clan and uh you know he's talking to uh these little boys and uh his daughter and he's talking to one little boy who has blonde hair and blue eyes and he's like yeah that's pure aryan blood and all this other shit and they're talking about uh clan membership is on the rise right now and i'm fine with that i'm, I'm fine with that i mean just uh with the rise of trump and uh you know him tapping into the uh to the silent majority you 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 know it was bound to happen but the the plot twist is you know uh the the wizard uh the magical wizard of the clan his daughter has some black friends and she doesn't want to join the clan because of her black friends and all this other shit her daddy don't know that she has black friends well her daddy knows now and she was you know playing around and on the playground with some niggas but it's just 
it's it, it seems like they're show, trying to show the clan you know as humans you know as people who uh as people as just people that's what they're trying to show them as they're basically trying to get you to get comfortable with blatant white supremacy in your face and you never be comfortable with a bigot in your face you never be comfortable with them never 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 and so you know a and e is hopping on that train you have different uh different uh mainstream media outlets you know who were trying to you know uh normalize the alt-right aka white supremacist groups and uh so a and e is jumping on that train too so i'm not going to be watching the show um you know i know a bunch of folks are and it probably will help with the recruitment you know it's gonna be some uh some bubba joe ass mofo sitting on his couch who stole some cable you know and he's like hey i might want to join this group and then you know a and e is trying to show that uh there's anti-racist groups you know who try to get people up out the life uh, they showed this black man who uh working with two ex-clan members that he saved from the clan and they're running around with their capes on trying to save white folks you know from joining this group and all this other shit and it's just like okay all right you know the clan has been isis to black folks for for decades decades on decades all right so yeah i'm not even i mean and it takes place in mississippi too and uh speaking of mississippi uh your man uh mega evers rest in peace uh his brother had an electoral vote and you know that happened on monday he voted for trump and if you don't know who medgar ever is he was a black freedom fighter and he was assassinated back in the mid 60s uh by a white supremacist and you know what's wild about uh medgar evers uh killer uh you know this motherfucker i didn't know this you know this man was born in 1920 died in 2001 right and uh you know he he was uh in 94 he wasn't convicted of killing medgar evers until 1994 and it happened on uh in 63 now this man lived a whole ass life before going to prison and he died in prison seven years later you know how fucking crazy that is they could they there was a couple of hung juries in both previous trials then in 94 they just convicted him to life in jail so if he's born in 1920 and he wasn't convicted until 1994 you do the math this man was 74 this man lived a whole last whole last life whole last life and the trial took place originally in 64 and he was 44 and then they was like, ah, you know what? Go on have go on have 30 years of freedom. Go ahead, live your life, enjoy your family, enjoy your grandkids. You know, maybe even some great grandkids. Then once you hit a certain age, then we're gonna lock you up. It really don't matter, you know, because the median age, you know, for white folks is like 70 something, so you're gonna die pretty soon. So let's let's just go on and throw you in prison then. And I was just like, man, that's fucking wild, ain't it? This man lived a whole ass life after assassinating somebody. Whole last 30 years. And it's like, ah, okay. Eh, I think it's time. I think it's time now. But anyways, uh, so Mega Everett brother had an electoral vote down there in Mississippi. And he voted for Trump. And he was asked, you know, Mr. Evers, Charles Evers, 
Why'd you vote for Trump? He said, I like rich folks. Can't nobody buy him. Nobody but Russia, maybe. Maybe Putin. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's the jokes write themselves. They really do. They really do. Your brother was a civil rights freedom fighter. And your black ass, here you are, you know, uh, half a century later, you, you, you're like, oh, I'm going to vote for this open white nationalist. Okay, shit, let's do it. He's rich. Can't nobody buy him. He can't be influenced. He has Twitter fingers. He's a very emotional being. But hey, let's go ahead and do it. Go on, take my electoral vote. So, uh... Charles Evers, I mean, he should hold this L, but I'm not surprised. Like, he's a nigga in Mississippi. Um, you know, that, that that train, the coon train, was actually established in Mississippi. So, that's really that's really all I got, I got to say about that. That's really all the fuck that I really have to say about that. Um, I guess we can uh, guess we can talk to Hove real quick and see what he got to say. Hove, what you got to say? Don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right, thank you so much, Tyrone Bigums. All right, moving on to uh, selling hope like dope. Uh, this might be something Tyrone will love. Uh, OxyContin is planning on going global. The LA Times ran a uh, investigative report about this. Uh, it's by uh, Harriet Ryan, Lisa uh, Jerome, and Scott Glover. So uh, basically what's happening right now since 2010, uh, prescriptions for Oxycontin has uh, fallen nearly 40%. So that's a lot of lost revenue for uh, Purdue Pharma, which is the manufacturer in Connecticut. Uh, the company's owners, uh, the Sackler family, uh, they're basically going to uh, try to manufacture this worldwide and promote it worldwide, uh, release it you know, globally. Uh, so basically they're going to use the same strategies and uh, the same type of um, propaganda, marketing, whatever you want to call it, to uh, other countries uh, globally. So like in uh, China, uh, so basically they're calling the whole thing uh, Monday Pharma. So uh, they're uh, courting Chinese patients uh, with a campaign that is basically going to encourage people to take medications, you know, as their physicians prescribe. They also got a, a video up on uh, YouTube. It's in Spanish for uh, Spanish speaking speaking countries with Spanish speaking celebrities. Uh, they're like bound in chains and it's supposed to uh, represent pain and uh, chronic pain and don't ignore it because that's actually an illness and all this other shit. And the chains break, you know, uh, symbolizing them taking Oxycontin. And uh, this is very dangerous. You know, the U.S. Uh, Surgeon General uh murphy said that uh that you know his peers need to be careful um you know with opioid me uh, medications and to learn from american missteps because basically uh, monday pharma is holding these conferences all across the globe where they're trying to have doctors overcome opioid uh, phobia um and that's basically talking about uh how they're prescribing painkillers you know over prescribing them and people abusing them and which pretty much lead, led to the opioid crisis that we have in the u.s right now so uh it's right in the beginning stages uh with these conferences uh courting doctors and you know uh the thing what they're talking about with uh chronic pain being an illness uh doctors have no way of measuring pain 
no way at all that's why you have that picture scale with the happy face to the frowny face uh the one through ten scale um and i'll tell you this uh when i got in my uh car accident back in uh uh 2013 uh banged up my knee um really bad it was filled up with fluid uh you know first night it pretty much looked like one of them rolls of those big giant five pound rolls of hamburger meat like the end of it that's how my knee looked with all the fluid in it and uh i went and talked to my uh, doctor and he pretty much was just trying to hit me with the uh the okie doke and it just prescribed me some pain meds um and he was telling me that there's really no way to measure pain you know that's why we have this chart just breaking down the whole game to me and if i would have went that route as opposed to going through uh physical therapy and uh you know lawyering up and stuff like that i would still be to this day you know three almost four years later be around here just you know popping pills like tic tacs you know like the rock and uh ballers and uh and it's, it's wild because you see so many people like uh in the documentary um what was that called prescription thugs uh seeing so many people who were just hooked hooked on these uh pain pills and all you had to do was just go to a doctor and be like hey you know my back is still acting up uh you know it's becoming more and more you know uh, painful all this other shit and these doctors you know they pretty much just like okay um, here you go here's another prescription write you off and you know going about your busy way but now since uh you see the the crisis happen in the appalachian mountains you know with uh heroin and other uh opioid abuses uh the the u.s is really trying to crack down on it um but you know monday pharma is basically saying fuck that we're going to take this global and we're going to offer discounts you know to uh new prescribed medication new, new uh, prescriptions so it's a very dangerous game that they're playing right now um you know back in uh 2007 there was a uh, federal federal charges were brought up against uh, the purdue uh company you know who manufactured the drug for uh, misbranding the drugs and they were ordered to pay you know over 630 million dollars and uh you know, it's just said that the, and the DEA said that uh, back in 2003, you know, the companies uh, just had a very aggressive, excessive and inappropriate marketing campaign that uh, uh, very much exasperated, you know, the abuse and criminal trafficking of Oxycontin. Because to this day, you know, there's people on uh, you got that new Facebook market and there's people who's dumb enough to, you know, try to sell pills on there. Ten to twenty dollars, ten to twenty five dollars a pop there, you know, selling bootleg oxys. So it's a whole black market scheme. And, you know, a lot of those guys are selling to those, you know, suburban housewives and, you know, people who wag their finger at folks who smoke a joint. So it's a very dangerous game that uh, Monday Pharma or Purdue is playing. And, uh you know it's 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 one of those things where uh so many people are just kind of out here uh you know doing what they can to get by and you know abusing abusing these uh, prescription drugs and these man-made drugs and they're so dangerous because you see so many people ODing on them because you know these drugs you know have you know five to ten times the effect of you know something grown from the earth you know so uh monday farmers out here just selling hope like dope like literally like literally selling hope like dope or just selling dope 
you know what's what's crazy about this article is how they plan on giving a discount to you know uh, first time uh first time users or prescriptions i mean that's damn near on the the whole uh the crack epidemic you know back when uh dealers were telling folks you know hey just you know hit this once you know you'd be all right it'll be a high that you'll never forget the next thing you know you you know you lips are so ashy and cracked out they're bleeding and you're scratching at the throat and you you know you sucking dick for ten dollars to get another hit so you know uh monday pharma out here selling hope like damn dope jesus and then let's see who else i think i had somebody else uh, selling hope like dope um yeah man uh, what's going on with this uh switch it up challenge or this change it up challenge with these uh these brothers out here if you don't know what it is i feel like i'm old um basically guys on social media are taking pictures with their ladies and they have on you know a regular gender appropriate outfit and then in the next picture side by side they switch outfits so the brother is in um, some skin tight dress or some booty shorts striking the same pose as his lady in the previous picture and the lady has on the fella's clothes and these men look a little too damn comfortable in these outfits and uh i don't know i just i I just feel like folks would do anything for a like um or to go viral um you got so many of these brothers on ig you know who got these pink lipsticks on got pink lipstick on and got these wigs on and just acting a damn fool uh you know for likes and to maybe get a couple hundred dollars here and there to uh advertise for uh some uh, fit tea or some skinny tea or something shit like that so i don't know what these brothers is thinking out here with this uh switch it up challenge hopefully it don't go viral because i'm just looking at it and i'm holding it up to the light because it's looking funny in the light so i don't know what to say about it um you know i don't want to be called a a homophobe or something like that but it's just i don't know it's not wavy it's not cool to me um but i guess if your lady like that you know maybe your lady likes to rock a you know a 12 inch strap on two in the bedroom and you get your peg on go ahead player you know if, if that's you that's you you know i'm not judging you but uh i am actually secretly judging you for doing this challenge but uh yeah y'all brothers out here selling hope like dope and Hopefully y'all don't have these little kids out here doing that shit, you know, acting goofy because you're going to catch a lot of little little boys out here about to get their ass whooped by their moms and pops. So uh, stop selling that hope like dope and stop doing anything for likes because next thing you know, niggas going to be out here uh, twerking asshole naked, you know, for likes and shit like that. Talking about it's the twerk it out challenge or some shit like that. And I hope I didn't just start a challenge by saying that it was just a goddamn joke. This portion of Do-Rags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L, as in, Hey, yo, my guy, my hands are full. Give me a hand here. Can you hold this L? All right, so holding an L this week is uh, Kurt Eichenwald, senior writer for Newsweek. So basically, he's filing a claim or summons in court uh, for a Twitter troll uh for his identity to be revealed so he can actually take him to court because he claims that this twitter troll made him have an epileptic seizure because of a gif or a gif he sent to him a strobe like gif it caused an epileptic seizure for this man um this is wild uh i don't know what to say about it um i'll just uh I guess I'll just go ahead and just read you these tweets. 
uh, that your man uh, Kurt was getting off a few days ago. Um, it, this is funny as fuck. Uh, so he says, for uh, self-protection, I am taking a short Twitter break. I will be spending that time with my lawyers and law enforcement after go- going after one of you last night for the second time. A deplorable uh, where I have epilepsy tweeted a strobe at me with the message. You deserve a seizure on it. It worked. This is not going to happen again. My wife is terrified. I am ellipsis. If you don't know what an ellipsis is, that's dot, dot, dot. Disgusting. All I, all I will be tweeting for the next few days are copies of documents from the litigation, police reports, etc. Once we have the lawsuit filed, um, let's see here. We will be subpoenaing, subpoenaing, <laughs> subpoenaing <laughs> Twitter for the identity of the individual who engaged in this cross-state assault. Cross-state assault. Uh, at this point, the police are attempting to determine if this is a federal crime because it appears to be cross-state. This kind of assault will never happen again without huge consequences. This individual will be going to court and he will be paying the price, paying a price. And if any of you others ever try this again, I will make sure it happens to you. Online anonymity <laughs> does not protect criminals. Uh, that's why subpoenas exist. You are facing a criminal. You are facing a criminal investigation and a lawsuit. So if any of you others think about trying this cute in quotes prank, consider the consequences they will be severe. Again, I will not be seeing your comments or tweeting for a while except to upload copies of litigation and police documents. Kurt, you got to hold this L because if you have epileptic seizures due to imagery, you don't need to have a damn smartphone. How do you watch videos on your phone? And if this is the case, you should have your wife or an assistant read your tweets. Uh, This is the end of the wild, wild west for the internet if he succeeds at this uh lawsuit this is pretty much going to be the end of that uh we've all dealt with twitter trolls online you just pretty much look at it might say a response then you block them that's all you have to do Uh, this man is going to the extreme following a lawsuit and uh yeah i i don't know what else the fuck to say about it because uh it's fucking funny uh that the man paid 287 dollars to file this lawsuit and from what I'm hearing, I believe Twitter is planning on um, is planning on to uh, comply. And uh, one of the requests is to ban the person's uh, IP address, uh, I believe, either from from the cell phone and from his Internet provider. Uh, so we will see what happens here. This is pretty much this is going to be huge if uh, it turns into. A uh, situation where they do identify this man and ban him and shit like that. The next thing you know, uh, you have to enter your social security number once you log on to Twitter or Facebook or something like that. It's going to be wild. So, uh, Kurt, you got to hold this L. I love the internet. It's the wild, wild west, good or bad, right or wrong. Uh, It's a lot of freedom. It's the last free media that we do have. That's the reason why I can do this podcast and speak so freely without you know like fcc regulations and shit like that so moving on we are going to uh talk about some nigga named rye money this is a christian rapper and he was sentenced to 18 years in prison for killing someone with his car 
Uh, he was convicted in September of 2016 after admitting uh, hitting a guy named William McDaniel. May he rest in peace. He was a m- music producer who uh, worked with Rye Money. And this was a Christian rapper. So let me tell you why uh, McDaniel lost his life. This man lost his life over $300 that uh, Rye paid to burn 150 CDs containing his music. You know how fucked up that is? You lost your life for 150 Memorex CDs that was blank and $300. So basically, the guy Rye, uh, his name was Ryan McDaniel. Uh, Ryan, I'm sorry, Ryan Salandy. McDaniel's the one who died, rest in peace. Uh, he basically he just ran him over, just ran the brother over. And, uh, you know, they said he pretty much died on impact. Uh, the ride money guy was traveling between 37 and 49 miles an hour when he hit McDaniel. But my man's died over $300 and 150 Memorex ass CDs. You know how fucked up that is? Like, I know you're trying to get your music out here and shit like that. But $300 and 150 CDs? You supposed to be a Christian rapper. Why you didn't call on the Lord for an answer instead of hitting this man for $300 and 150 CDs? Like my man's, you couldn't go to, uh, you know, uh, disc makers or something like that. You could have got a better deal for that than that. Like, God damn, $2 a CD. Like, and you couldn't just do like everybody else did, you know, just grind on your laptop, just sit there, burn, boom, burn, label, boom, burn, label, boom. Like, what the fuck, man? Now you sitting in prison, and you're going to have to probably turn to the fruit of Islam, you know, the F-O-I, N-O-I, to keep your booty hole tight. Now you in prison. Because ain't nobody, because you, there ain't going to be no protection for you, brother. So, uh, uh, Ryan Salandy, Rye Money, uh, Christian rapper, uh, you got to hold this L for the next 18 years, son. All right, um... You know, I also had uh, uh, an interesting situation where uh, I was talking about Amazon Go a couple of uh, episodes ago, and uh, I was going to put this in Hope Like Dope, but I'm going to put this in Hope this hell. Uh, this guy named Donovan Ramsey wrote an article in, uh, in Complex, on Complex.com, and it says, a black man, Amazon Go gives me anxiety. So that's the title of the article on Complex.com. So the grab-and-go gives this man anxiety. He even called to see how Amazon will deal with theft. Um, My man's like, what is it with black men and technology and you guys writing these hit pieces or these, these, these fake outrage articles? There was a nigga before who wrote about Pokemon Go, how he talking about as a black man, he's scared to play Pokemon Go because it'll get him shot for walking into the wrong neighborhood. My nigga. It's Pokemon Go. Like, for real? You telling me that you got so much fear in your heart that you scared to play a game that you actually want to play? And then the brother in, uh, in talking about Amazon Go giving him anxiety? How does that give you anxiety? Like, how? You don't got to go to that store. Who says you have to go there? You know, take your ass over to Dylan's, a.k.a. Baker's, and just get the 10 for 10 and go on about your merry ass way. Nobody told you to go in there. It's not the law. Um, I mean, my nigga, just live and have a good lawyer, you know, and if you're scared, go to church. 
you know stop being defeated before you even step on the field you know um if you worried about the whole shoplifting thing or the stigma of it you know i know all about shoplifting i mean back in the day um there was uh there was a ring of uh of white folks who used to steal from the target on saddle creek back in the days and how they would get away with it is they would actually walk out the same time as a black person or a hispanic person and security nine times out of ten would always stop the person of color so i know about that i know about that but um and then you know one weird thing about the article was he was boasting about the 1.2 trillion dollars blacks having buying power uh like black folks gonna spend all their money in amazon gold markets you know as long as you know bakers aka dylan still have you know a gallon of orange juice two for five i'm good on that hipster market boosting you know i'm good on that now if amazon goes start accepting ebt you know you have to get ready for uh meth mouth mandy to come in there smelling like old jockstrap filled with gourmet brie cheese you know amazon go is gonna have to hire amazon no which is security but you know um all jokes aside you know black men need to stop being scared of technology you know first it was that pokemon go article you know you get shot then amazon go so what's next snapchat lens is gonna make you like a cam uh, a criminal or some shit so anyway fuck out of here donovan ramsey and quit being scared of technology you gotta hold this l you win perfect all right you know what that sound means moving on to not all heroes wear capes and this goes out to the students at north star who wrote a grant and they worked with the architecture firm hdr which stands for henningson durham and richardson which is an architect firm slash consulting firm they've done a lot of based out of Omaha. they've done a lot of big things around the country um so they they worked with a few high school students uh on a project for a lounge space and so uh one of the things the kids had to do was present it and uh you know write a proposal for it and at the end of the presentation uh you know they actually got it so shout out to hdr for uh you know giving them the money to have this lounge space at north star and if you don't know what north star is it's basically an after school program uh for the uh the boys of uh, north omaha it's uh it was put together with some grant money and an initiative uh by the city to uh pretty much try to you know uh keep little kids uh keep kids it was originally initiated for fourth through eighth grade uh to keep them off the streets and out of you know uh out of the life you know the street life gang life whatever you want to call it and uh you know a lot of those kids you know when they went on to high school they would just come back to north star so that's what got these high schoolers drawing up the lounge and uh the uh the head of north star was saying that they you know they didn't want to turn those boys away at all uh so they would basically you know hold them anywhere you know from the hallways uh to the nurses station you know for those kids to hang out and you know uh do homework and things like that so now they're gonna have a lounge and uh you know just shout out to all those you know those ninth graders who put together the lounge and worked with hdr and shout out to hdr for following through and uh giving these little boys a future you know giving them something that you know giving them a win a w this is something they can always look back on 
you know in their life and be like hey i did that so that's pretty dope uh not all heroes wear capes you know the students of north star and hdr so shout out to y'all all right so moving on to the last segment of the show health over wealth you know what i say without your health you can't enjoy your wealth so we're gonna talk about some pimping for a second uh, we're going to break down some uh, pimp phrases and how it uh, basically applies to what's going on today. Uh, so just stay with me. So the first phrase is better a turnout than a burnout. So it's better to turn somebody out than to get, you know, uh, get with a burnout. Somebody on their way out, some some old hag or something like that. So it's better a turnout than a burnout. And you're going to need fire and desire. You're going to need that fire burning in you. You're going to need that desire to get to the top. You're going to pray on the weak. Trust nothing but the game. And when pimping begins, friendship ends. And you keep your front up till you come up. Now, if that sounds familiar, I'm talking about Black China. All right. So uh, better a turnout than a burnout. She got her. She turned out Black Rob, you know. Uh, I mean, uh, not Black Rob, but uh, Rob Kardashian uh, turned that brother out. You know, had him uh, on the fitness regimen and all this other shit. And I heard she up here beating the shit out of him. So she, you know, uh, she had the fire and desire right there. Praying on the week. You know, Rob's, uh, um, you know, he's feeling lowly. You know, he gained all that weight being in a dark spot, you know. And uh, China trusted nothing but the game. And she actually learned the game from who? The Kardashians, you know. So she jumped on that train quick. So when pimping begins, friendship ends. So you see all this social media nonsense going on with them arguing back and forth and all this shit. China ain't doing nothing but pimping the damn game. And she ain't making no friends. And I ain't mad at that. She found a, a weak prey. Uh, you know, she's on it. And, you know, she kept her front up uh, till you come up. So keep your front up till you come up. OK, so basically she's about to get that last name. They about to reconcile, get hitched. You know, she already got the little baby by him. But once she get that last name, it is going to be curtains. It's going to be hardcore pimping to the end, you know, and she don't want to be a burnout. You know, so she turned him out. She don't want to be a burnout. Some old hag, you know, out here, you know, still out here twerking on that pole. She knew she had to go for a come up. And I wouldn't be surprised that her and Tiger is in Tiger is in on this, you know. So I'm not mad at either one of them. You know, I know uh, Black China was about that life, you know, dancing on the pole, getting them ass shots and, you know, used to tricks. And she found the uh, chubby, fluffy trick and Rob Kardashian. And, she, you know, she broke down the game. You know, she got that fire and desire, prayed on the weak, trusted nothing but the game. You know, she cold with it. You know, uh, she took that baby and, uh, you know, created this publicity stunt. And, uh, you know, they all beefing on... Uh, on uh social media and all this other shit and then when pimping begins friendship ends so she she's about to pimp that wallet and pimp uh that kardashian purse for what it's worth and uh, you know she's not invited to the christmas party all this other bullshit but you know what she about to keep the front up till she comes up and i ain't even mad at it so i will see you guys next week uh next wednesday and uh, I think it'll be a longer show just because I'm going to be on hiatus that week after. Got the uh, honeymoon coming up with the wife, uh, you know, flying out to Hawaii, about to enjoy some warm weather. I cannot fucking wait. And, uh, you know, I love you guys as always and keep fighting a good fight and uh, much love and respect. I'm out. One.
And the first thing the cracker does when he comes in power, he takes all the Negro leaders and invites them for a coffee. To show that he's all right. And those Uncle Toms can't pass up the coffee. They come away from the coffee table telling you and me that this man is all right. Our communities. How receptive of this Oh, very, yes. Couldn't have been a better meeting. The graciousness, the intelligence, the reception we got was fantastic. What are some of the specific policies? So, for those of you who don't know, on the left, uh, Brown, Jim Brown, I think, legendary I think NFL running back. If you talk about middle, what we're Ray trying Lewis, to really do uh, from the urban developments and job creations are everything. But I think, you know, we're talking about really what entrepreneurship really looks like. From, from the individual themselves. And I think what America, America I Can program has done for so many years is put us at that place and now we have 30, 40,000 former game members and people who's changed their lives. But what we, what we believe with the Trump administration is if we can combine the, these two powers of coming together, forget black or white. Black or white is irrelevant. The bottom line is job creation, economic development in these urban neighborhoods to change the whole scheme of what of what our kids see for, for our next future. And we will well, I, that it was appropriate? Yeah, well, I, I think what, what I do feel is that he's wide open to really helping us change what hasn't been changed. You know, you talk about you go all the way back $22 trillion since, the Johnson, you, since President Johnson was around, and you, you think about what that is, of what talking about like really uh, solving poverty, $22 trillion that we haven't addressed yet, right? So for us as a black community, for Trump to even step up there, for Mr. President to step up there and say, I'm going to do that, that means everything. And I think that's why me and Mr. Brown is here today. Did you all vote for him, No, I did not. The election I mean, is over. Right? We don't need to talk about that. We need to talk about going forward. We're not here to talk about the past. We're here to talk about going forward. I've been listened to, and we definitely have a partnership. Yep. And it's an extension of the outreach program that we put in place that you follow so very closely. Mr. Trump made a commitment to improving the conditions of the lives of African Americans in this country. And this is going to continue the work that we started during this campaign with the National Diversity Coalition and now with the mayor I can, Jim Brown, Ray Lewis. And it's a great combination. And the president-elect was very enthusiastic about it and committed yeah. to doing it. I think he was excited. He's made a commitment. He's given a verbal commitment. This was the first of many meetings. He's given us a verbal commitment, and then we're going to go forward, we're going to strategize, and then the next step will be implementation. We're not going to drag our feet talking about this for the next three years. This is something that we're, the vehicle is already in place. The model already works. We're just going to energize and empower this model, put the government behind it, put the Trump administration behind it, put the African American community behind it, put the American community behind it, and we're going to get busy. Does it concern you at all that in the top four, the big four cabinet posts, Mr. Trump hasn't appointed a woman or a minority? No, it doesn't concern me. We're talking about this today. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about this. This is what we're talking about. Our focus is right here on this American program and implementing this program. Any questions for Ray or for Jim Brown? What, how do you help hope to use your platform, you know, as famous athletes, as a commentator, to carry this message out there and also hold the administration to their word? 
I think one of the things that it's no secret that you know if Mr. Brown picks if Papa Brown picks up a phone call and calls anybody in the nation right now who's in the world of athletics entertainment that phone call is easily picked up and so for myself the moment he picked it up for me years ago um, is the reason why I stand beside him right now with every every vision he's put forth now I'm he's he's passed the torch to me to carry that now and that's what I want to make sure we carry but to reach anybody there's nobody we can't reach and I think that's that's why we're here because we can bring a lot of people to work together and we're not here because of politics we are here to help the president of the United States help the people that need help yeah yeah, I mean, I, I know, I'm not, I know Dr. Consul personally, and I think he's an excellent choice for this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I just, well, I just, I just think that's one thing. Even Mr. President spoke about is that that's the things he can easily be educated on. Just like people go to classes and go to schools for everything, I'm pretty sure Dr. Carson can be caught up on housing very quickly. Yes. Yeah, brilliant guy. Any other questions? Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Okay, thank you all. Have a good day. Which way do we go? This, this way. way. Oh, the other way? Okay. Okay. <laughs>